0: This morning. Isaiah chapter 9. We'll be looking at part of verse 6 today. You know, for all of its wonderful, joyful anticipation, Christmas is often a time of considerable disappointment. After weeks of hype and holiday plans, decorations, school programs, and special events, the great day finally arrives. But the holiday itself can hardly live up to the billing. And so Christmas often leaves us feeling like we missed something. Doesn't it? And then there are the gifts. We see the as and we hear the wonderful claims for this treasure or that. And so we drop hints or maybe make lists. Getting our hearts set on that special something which may be coming But sometimes the hints go unnoticed and we end up with socks. Or as our children often so painfully learn, we get that special present that we've longed for, only to learn it's not what it's cracked up to be. Lots of disappointments surrounding Christmas. This morning I want to focus your attention on something better. I want to get your heart set on the gift that will not disappoint. The gift that gives Christmas its meaning in the first place, and that is the Lord Jesus, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas time. Let me read again from Isaiah 9, the passage we're working through during this Advent season. I'll read verses 1 and 2 and then jump down to the first half of verse 6, which is actually our text this morning. Isaiah 9:1. Nevertheless, there will no more there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Down to verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This morning I want to set before you just one theme although we'll break it down into two parts. That theme is this set your heart on Jesus because he's no disappointment. Set your heart on Jesus. He is no disappointment. In our text we're given four names for the king who's to be born. Now we think of names as identification tags which uh, by which we label people. But the Bible uses names to disclose attributes, to reveal character to explain one's place in the world. And here God describes the perfections of his son through the names he is to be given at his birth. So we do not have some long text to go through this morning and try to unravel. We just have the first two of those names to talk about as we unpack this one theme. So I'll treat them as two points. Here's the first one. Set your heart on Jesus... He is the wonderful counselor. Set your heart on Jesus. He's the wonderful counselor. In recent years, we've become more and more aware of our need for counselors, for we live in a complex and often a confusing world. And consequently, a host of counselors has arisen to meet our needs. We have marriage and family counselors, financial planning consultants, consumer debt counselors, dispute resolution experts, mental health services, psychologists, psychiatrists, clinical social workers, human relations consultants, legal counselors, not to mention those who have for lots of years traditionally counseled us, our doctors and our pastors. We often have to admit we feel confused. We need wisdom. We don't know what to do. We feel powerless to direct our own lives. We need counsel. So this morning I said before you the one whose very name is Wonderful Counselor. One before whom every other counselor pales in comparison. Let me tell you about him. This name is given to the Messiah who comes as God's anointed king. Verse 6 says, the government will be upon his shoulders. But while all the great rulers of the world surround themselves with counselors and advisors and consultants because of the enormity of their task. This ruler needs no such counsel. He himself is wisdom and knowledge and truth. He is the one upon whom the spirit of wisdom rests. This is the consistent description of the Lord Jesus throughout the scriptures. It's the promise made of him in Isaiah chapter 11. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of power, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of God. And sure enough, when Jesus was born, when he was just a little boy, we read the child grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom. And when he was 12 years old, he dazzled the teachers in the temple. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding. And when the time came for his public ministry, we read that he began teaching the people in their synagogue, and they were amazed. Where did this man get this wisdom and this miraculous power? And so the apostle Paul wrote of him Christ Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. Or even more pointedly in Colossians 2 in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This morning, I tell you, this Jesus is full of wisdom. So set your hearts on the wonderful counselor in whom there is no disappointment. These days, we're learning to be more careful about credentials. Anyone can hang out a shingle, but who's already qualified? Well, this Jesus has the very highest qualifications. The text says he is literally a wonder of a counselor. This is the language used of the miracles that that God does. They're called wonders. But this text does not say he does wonders, although that's true. This text says he is a wonder. I've been reading through the book of Judges. In Judges 13, we find that same kind of language in an interesting place. The angel of the Lord appeared to a man named uh, uh, Manoah and his wife and uh, promised them that they were going to have a son, who we later find out is the man named Samson. But when the angel of the Lord appeared, they did not know whom they had encountered. And so they asked him his name. And he responded, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. In other words, it's incomprehensible to you. Folks, that's the same word used here in Isaiah 9. Wonderful or a wonder is the same word. It's beyond understanding, incomprehensible. And so E.J. Young, the great uh, Old Testament scholar, drew the inescapable conclusion, this Messiah is not simply someone extraordinary, but one who in his very person and being is a wonder. He is that which surpasses human thought and power. He is God himself. You know, when we go to counselors, we want somebody who can tell us what's going on inside of us, what makes us tick, why we're this way. But in reality, no one really knows what goes on inside of another person except the Lord who made us. But he knows everything about us. He knows about our life. He knows about our trouble. He knows. He's God. And if that were not enough, now God has come in human flesh, born as a baby to walk in our shoes, to suffer like we suffer, to be tempted like we're tempted, to feel the limitations that we feel to endure the pain of life in this fallen world, to live in hope, trusting his father all the way to his death. Oh, he's still God, but he has become a man. What a wonder. That's what makes him such a great counselor. That's why he does not disappoint those who set their hearts on him. So, where are you seeking counsel these days? When your life is falling apart and you don't even understand yourself, where do you turn? Some talk show host? Maybe Ellen can spread some insight. Dr. Phil. Maybe the folks at work, they've always got great wisdom. To the lyrics of some song you heard telling you how you ought to follow your heart. That's that's good in counsel, isn't it? Or to some intellectual who has many degrees but refuses to even acknowledge the existence of the God who made him. Someone says we are blessed when we do not walk in the world's counsel, whether it's high society intellectual counsel or whether it's low society street smarts. This morning, I call you to set your heart on Jesus. He is the wonder of a counselor. Seek his face. He's worth knowing. Ask him for wisdom. He knows more about life than you'll ever know. Humble yourself before him. He knows more about you than you'll ever know. Give attention to his word. There you will find knowledge that you need. Set aside everything else and put your hope in him. He's no disappointment. Then let's look at the second of these names of Christ. For he's not only the wonderful counselor. We read in the next phrase, he's the mighty God. Set your heart on Jesus. He is the mighty God. Remember here, we're talking about qualities of the one who came to be the king. Verse 6 says the government will be upon his shoulders. Verse 7 says he will reign on David's throne over his kingdom. Now kings and rulers do predictable things. As we already noted, a king will gather around himself the very best and wisest people that he can find as advisors. Uh, But of course, this king, Jesus, is his own advisor, his own counselor. Indeed, he is ultimate wisdom. Similarly, kings normally consolidate power by building an army and manipulating the political process. For it's through the exercise of power that a king extends his kingdom, defeats his enemies, accomplishes his plans. A wise king without any power is helpless. A powerful king without any wisdom is frightening. What the world needs is a king with both unlimited wisdom and unlimited power. That's exactly what the world has received in Christ Jesus. Jesus is nothing less than the mighty God, the powerful one, the God-man who does whatever he pleases to accomplish the Father's plan. That was John the Baptist's prediction concerning him. He said, after me will come one more powerful than I. That was the disciples' testimony concerning Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth was powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, we read in Luke. That was Jesus' claim concerning himself. Take heart, I have overcome the world. That was the testimony of the New Testament writers after his death and resurrection. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Jesus is the mighty God. So what difference does this make to you? Well, you see, the best counsel in the world The best wisdom in the world is useless unless there's power for change there. But the truth is, most of us already know good things to do that we can't pull off. So where can I find help in my weakness? Not just wisdom for my stupidity, but help in my weakness. Most counselors these days will point you back to yourself, to your own resources, to the powers within you. To the same you who's desperately in need of help. (laughs) This morning I point you to the wonderful counselor who's also the mighty God. He is able to effect change. The apostle Paul writes of him, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. To be sure he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. You see, it makes no difference that we are weak. We have a Savior named the mighty God. He says to us, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. This Christmas season, I point you to the one who's able to change your life. One who is able to set you free from the invisible bondage that enslaves you. One who is able to give you a new heart. One who is able to empower you in your weakness to live in godliness. The very things that you cannot do, those he enables us to do. Set your heart on Jesus, the mighty God. He is no disappointment. Before we close, there's one more interesting thing about this name, mighty God. The Hebrew word used here for mighty has quite a different meaning than our English word for mighty. Actually, that word most simply means hero. Hero. So mighty God would accurately be translated an heroic God or a God of a hero. Jesus is not only a wonder of a counselor, he is a God of a hero. He is a hero whose chief characteristic is that he is God with us, Emmanuel. You know, since childhood we picked up heroes, some real, some imagined These are people we look up to, people we believe in, people we know are cut above the rest, people we want to be like. So who are your hero? Is the Lord Jesus the one you stand in awe of, the one you long to be like, the one you can stand around and watch for hours, listen to long into the night, because everything he does is just so perfect? Oh, you say you find him dull and boring? And irrelevant? Then you don't know him well enough. You need to give attention to what he did and what he said in the years after he was born in a cattle barn. Perhaps you still see all him, uh, still see him only on the level of a child, child's uh, Christmas story, rather than through informed adult eyes. For this Jesus is like no one you've ever imagined. He is worthy to be the pattern of your life, the one you idolize. He is a god of a hero. And parents, who do you set before your children as their heroes? Some overpaid, self-centered, single, talented sports figure; Some angry, out-of-control, exhibitionist rock star? Some politically correct Disney character? Or don't you realize you're shaping your children by the models, the heroes, you commend to them. Shame on us for making Jesus some wimp in a white dress. No. But neither is he the latest fantasy action hero. Jesus is a strong, uncompromising man of principle who loves truth, who acts justly, who does righteousness. He is a man self-controlled and fearless enough to stand against evil authorities, unafraid of the ruthless Pilate or the gutless Herod. He is a man with incomparable inner strength and integrity, but at the same time, He's boldly compassionate and unashamed to be tender. He delights in children. He shows mercy to the fallen. He cares about the brokenhearted. He identifies with the weak, and he touches the untouchable, the unclean, the outcast, the diseased. He is a God of a hero, a heroic God and he came to make you like himself, which, after all, is what he rose, always do. Set your heart on Jesus, the mighty God. He is no disappointment. Christmas is only two weeks from tomorrow. Christmas, the most wonderful time of the year, but by the time it's over, some will be drinking themselves numb, unable to cope with the disappointments of the season. So this morning, before you get caught up in the hype which goes nowhere, I call you to set your heart on Jesus because he's no disappointment. Indeed, he's worthy of your trust and of your highest expectation for he is the wonderful counselor and he is a God of a hero. The Old Testament scholar E.J. Young wrote, these names are a healing Balm in which the Christian soul will find comfort and strength throughout time and eternity, as the scripture promised no one whose hope in, in his, whose hope is in him will ever be put to shame. amen let's pray oh Father, perhaps one of our greatest failures, is that we've decided we know you well enough, and we've reduced you down to something we can understand, and some cliche, something that's the level of a children's Bible story, and we've never got beyond that to see you and know you as you are. And because of that, you're often irrelevant in our world. We don't know the wonder of your counsel. We don't know the power of your reign. So, Lord, whatever you do to strip us of that, and to show us our ignorance and our weakness, to cause us to be utterly disappointed, and disillusioned by the things in which we trust, in order that we might turn our hearts to you, we would thank you. Give us grace to thank you. Thank you that these things are true. Whether we understand them or not, whether we care or not, they're still true. May we love your truth. May we love you. May we set our heart on you, Lord, knowing that there's no disappointment there. In Jesus' name, amen. You'll find your bulletin there's